Welcome to another TeachingAmericanHistory.org podcast, sponsored by the Ashbrook Center at Ashland University. TAH.org is the leading online resource for documents-based study of American history, civics, and government for teachers, students, and citizens. Hi, I'm Jeremy Gipton, Teacher Programs Manager with TeachingAmericanHistory.org, and I'm here with Professor Rob McDonald and Lieutenant Colonel Sean Scully of the United States Military Academy at West Point. We're going to talk about the two Documents and Debates volumes that TAH.org is publishing in May. Their work with uh, some of our editors in building these volumes, uh, how they're going to use these with their students uh, in the coming academic year, and some of their perspectives on the use of documents and questions and and the like uh, in a uh, survey-type American history class. Before we get into those questions, though, I'd like to give uh, Professor McDonald and Lieutenant Colonel Scully a moment to introduce themselves, give a little bit of background on uh, where they came from in their education and what they're doing now. Professor McDonald? Uh, Yeah, Jeremy, thanks for having me on. Uh, So again, my name is Rob McDonald. I've been lucky enough to teach at West Point for the past 20 years. And um, my research focuses on Thomas Jefferson and the early American Republic. Hi, and uh, I'm also very happy to be here. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Sean Scully. I have uh, served in the United States Army as an officer and enlisted soldier, actually, before that for the last 23 years. Um, I have been teaching at West Point uh, at different times for the last decade, uh, and I am currently in charge of um, the American History Program here at West Point. Excellent. Thank you. So just to be so so that I'm clear on this, um, there are you take in about a thousand freshmen per year. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We we teach approximately 500 cadets a semester um, and they they all take the same course, which is a, a survey of American history from 1492 until about 2001. OK, do they take that? during their first year, or do they have an option to take it some other time? When do most of them take it? Most most of them are plebes, or what we call freshmen. Um, however, we do have some upper-class cadets, a few uh, sophomores, and sometimes even um, a junior might, might enroll, depending on other scheduling conflicts and, and things of that sort. My, my point for asking that is that I wanted to establish this as being this, this, in terms of course content and course coverage, is comparable to what an AP American history, AP United States history class would be in, a, in an 11th grade classroom. In terms of content, breadth, and depth, this is as, is it, as being the two semesters that are the college survey in American history, this is going to be comparable, in a sense, to, to an AP United States history course. That's the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what I've got a few, I have a few questions um, that we'll talk through for the, uh, the next few minutes about these two volumes. Now for the folks listening, uh, we've been publishing these core documents collections uh, starting at the beginning of 2018. And each volume has a number of different parts to it. uh, Some summaries, um, lists of documents, questions, thematic tables of contents, things like that. And each of the volumes, they're a couple hundred, but two to three hundred pages long each. This series, or rather this pair of volumes, is two volumes that are about the same size. And so when we're talking about these volumes, I just want to make sure everyone's clear, we're talking about documents and uh, debates. We're talking about a two-volume set 
one that goes from, you said, 1492 to Reconstruction? Yes, that's correct. And then the second one goes from Reconstruction to, uh, to present. So now we've established that. So what makes these volumes, I've been calling them these Documents and Debates volumes, what makes them unique for use as content resources in an American History Survey course? Yeah, Jeremy, I, I think uh, it's probably important to, to know, too, that we do have a textbook, um, and we assign these in conjunction with our textbook. And I guess the, the problem that we're trying to address with these documents is that every textbook inherently is going to have some sort of bias in it. You know, it could be a bias of focus, it could be a political bias, and we really want to make sure that our cadets have a nice, even-handed, nuanced view of American history, and that they understand that um, when we look back at the past, we should really try to empathize um, with all of the different historical actors, um, especially the ones who were trying, you know, hard to, to act in good faith and exemplify um, goodwill. So the documents um, all debate one another. Mm -hmm. So for each lesson, there will be one topic that is the focus of the documents, and they will, um, you know, approach that topic from different perspectives. Sometimes there will be two sides, sometimes there will be three sides, sometimes there will be four. Um, but we, what we want is for the cadets to understand um, that, you know, these were debates taking place. And people back then, um, you know, couldn't all agree on, you know, what the right answer was. And it's fine if today we have different interpretations of the American past. How many lessons, and you're referring to each of the topics as a, as a lesson, how many of those are in each volume, or rather, how many are there total between the two? So we just went through a, a course redesign, um, and we are teaching this course in 30 lessons um, total, 75 minutes each lesson, uh, and 29 of those are actually taken up with these different uh, discussions and debates. So we're looking at um, 29 total topics, and they are organized um, in many ways by how the textbook has organized uh, those lessons so that we can use the textbook for context while we then have the cadets go into those primary sources and then debate their meaning. Okay, so in other words, so the text maybe provides something of a, like a, a structure or a roadmap but you actually fill in the blocks. You, you, you do the in-depth thought about these different topics through these documents. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So why do you think teaching American history around these topics, instead of that more traditional textbook-driven expository approach, why do you think, because I, I assume that this is part of your course redesign, why, why do you think that this is going to yield better results? How do you think this is going to help your students more than that traditional approach? Well, it, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of discussions here in the department over um, the balance in history courses and in our history curriculum between um, content and skills. Uh, so, you know, obviously a part of every history class should be about learning what happened, um, what, what are the, what are the, the details involved in, in what occurred in the past. But the other part and the real um, value of an education in history is learning those creative and critical thinking skills that come through the historical process of inductive reasoning, looking at evidence or correction, first figuring out what the right question is to ask, then looking at the evidence and trying to decide 
for yourself what the answer is to that question based on that evidence and then arguing that point. Um, and so what, what we're looking for here is to introduce uh, the plebes here at West Point to the, the, that inductive reasoning process that historians use through, the, through looking at these documents. Uh, so they get, they get context um, and content from the textbook, and then they get these this evidence and questions to, to investigate with these document readers. When you talk about the different topics, uh, the, the 29 lessons, how did you go about choosing them? And can you, you give us some examples as to what some of these are? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we organized our, our course around 30 um, lessons. And, uh, you know, we will have 75 minute long periods. So that's a lot to, to fit into one semester. And, and so our course is structured, I think, in a pretty conventional standard way. You know, we begin with uh, early contact uh, between Europeans and the inhabitants of North America. Um, we then take a look at the colonial North and the colonial South. Um, we, we look at some of the things that English-speaking people had in common on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, we look at the American Revolution. I mean, you know, the basic story is, is the same as what is taught just about anywhere. Um, but we wanted to find topics for the documents that in some ways illustrated important aspects of each one of our lessons. So, for example, when we're, uh, when we're looking at some of the things that colonial Americans had in common, um, one of the debates that they all shared was the, the degree to which there should be religious toleration. So we have a number of documents that speak to the topic of religious toleration. Or for our coverage of uh, the New Deal, um, we have documents that are debating um, whether Social Security is a good idea, whether President Roosevelt's plans for Social Security go too far or don't go far enough. So it's really exciting. And I have to say it's been exciting, too, to work with um, people at Ashbrook, especially um, David Tucker and Sarah Morgan Smith, um, who did all the heavy lifting at, at bringing these volumes together. So David Tucker and Sarah Morgan Smith did a lot of the heavy lifting, as you said, in in putting together the documents list that went with these topics that, that you folks had created. How did you go about reviewing or revising these? Like, what was the lens through which you viewed these lists of documents to say, like, this one stays and this one goes, or these are the this is the type of collection of documents we want for each of these these lessons? And about how many top uh, documents rather are there per lesson? All right, that's that's a great question, Jeremy. So um, we have organized this course around six course themes. Uh, so, uh, and we write those into the syllabus and then as good American historians that believe in Lockean theory, we treat that syllabus as a, as a contract with our students, right? If you, if you understand these themes, um, we're going to test you on those themes. We're going to assess you based on your understanding of those themes. Um, then you're going to do well in the course. And to give you an example of a few of them, we have a theme that looks at uh, unity and disunity um, as, a, as an idea across American history. To what degree were, did Americans come together at different times? And to what degree did they, did they um, uh, argue with one another or, or even fight with one another over the issues uh, of the time? Another one we have uh, probably is pretty normal for other courses, 
uh, competing ideas of liberty versus order, right? To what degree did Americans uh, uh, value their liberty over stability, over security? And at what times did they decide that their, that their collective security demanded that they give up some of their liberties uh, and the debates that are involved there? So we used those course themes as our lens through which we wanted to uh, determine what topics we might want to explore. Uh, so uh, in Rob's um, example that he gave you about the Great Depression, or sorry, the New Deal and Social Security, uh, you know, we also have a theme that talks about uh, the size and scope of government. Uh, in American history. And this fits very well into that theme to, to talk about um, the issues there. Uh, you know, how big should the government get? What what role does the government play in Americans' lives? What role should it play? Um, and so that's, that's the way that we went about it. And then what we did was, you know, we collaborated with David and Sarah on these themes and, and on our lessons, how they're structured, uh, to come up with various topics. We, Rob and I had some ideas. Uh, we threw those out there to David and Sarah, but they're the, they're the real experts on, you know, what documents are available? Where, where, what can we, what can we get? Um, and, and how long are they? What do they speak to? And just as an example, Sarah is an expert in 17th century New England. And she's very passionate about that topic. And so even though I also do colonial American history, I, uh, I certainly, you know, bowed to her expertise in that regard when she had recommendations for us about that. Uh, and so we talked over the various topics. We, we wanted topics that didn't have a right answer or a wrong answer. We wanted them uh, to, to provide uh, ambiguity, you know, in the, in the debates, uh, most of them anyways. Uh, and, and we wanted them to be topics that were going to cause the cadets to really have to search through the evidence provided to come up with some creative ideas uh, in their discussions with one another in the classroom. And so, you know, the other part of this was we wanted topics that would have documents that were debate among themselves. Uh, you know, they would they would contradict one another. They would argue with one another. Um, and, and so, you know, and of course, as I said before, David and Sarah were invaluable in, in figuring all of that out. So the, the volumes are arranged with uh, these topics and collections of documents per each of them. What other materials, what other appendices or things like that are included in the, the volumes? It, it's funny because uh, we were talking earlier, you know, we, we asked ourselves, what do we think is the most important document in each volume? And uh, I think it would be the documents that are in the appendices. Uh, each each volume has uh, at the end both the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. And when you think about it, I mean, those two documents are touchstones that Americans are going to turn to throughout the course of American history. Um, the Declaration of Independence, in many ways, is a reflection upon our colonial past. It certainly provides um, sort of a list of, of grievances about British behavior during the imperial crisis. Um, but it's not just this document that is frozen in the time frame of the American Revolution. It's one that Americans return to again and again um, when they examine, you know, what is the purpose of this government? What is the purpose of the United States? And to what degree are we remaining true to that purpose? 
And of course, the Constitution as well is going to be something that figures in multiple debates um, about broad topics like the proper size and scope of government, um, the role of American foreign policy, um, what the government should do and what the government shouldn't do, what powers should be reserved to the states or the people. So I think, you know, we'll be frequently um, turning not only to the, the separate chapters within the book that correspond with our course lessons, but we'll be turning to the back of the book a lot as well. Right. And I'd like to add as well that um, for us here at the United States Military Academy, of course, um, every cadet that we teach will very soon swear an oath of allegiance to the Constitution of the United States. Uh, so for that reason as well, um, that document being included in these in these readers is absolutely imperative. It's interesting that you you bring that up about the Constitution because when I taught high school, I had primarily seniors, and I remember I had kids every year who were either enlisting um, or going off to into ROTC, and it was that moment where they start to realize like all these things I've learned about. I'm now become a I'm about to become a part of it. And all this stuff I've learned about policy, I'm, I used to say to them, like, you realize you're about to become the tip of the spear that all of these things add up to. So it's worth taking seriously. That's, that's, a, that's a good reminder. So, Rob, you're saying that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are the most, two most important documents. Out of all of them, what documents did you find to be the most noteworthy, maybe for lack of a better term, call them like gee whiz documents, something that stood out to you that as you were going through these, you go, I had never heard of this before. I'd never seen this before. What would Wait, you, what would you folks say? Well, so I, I, um, I had a really, that's a difficult question for me. And, and, and the reason that it's difficult to say, uh, to, to pick one out, and I, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm trying to cop out of the question. I, I'm truly not. I thought about it, but, these documents all argue with one another, right? They, they all, um, they all engage with one another at different times, um, in history over different, uh, ideas or different, um, you know, problems. So, so as I thought about it, I kept thinking about more, um, what were the different debates, uh, the larger kind of questions being asked that I found, uh, the most, the most interesting. Um, and, you know, because I'm a historian of early American history, I often find the ones that are related to later events to be very interesting to me because I haven't engaged with them yet. And often what happens is when I do engage in those, uh, discussions with my cadets, they always teach me more than I'm teaching them. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I, I know we've already brought it up before, but it's it's because I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it. I, I'm very interested to see what the cadets do with this issue of Social Security. Okay, I, I think I think that um, that that's going to be a fascinating conversation to listen to because to them this is just what the government does. Uh, it is it's just normal um, and after we've gone through a semester of talking about much of the time where the government was not that involved, was not that large, did not have that kind of a role in, you know, in a citizen's life, um, to see what they have to say about that will be, will be fascinating to me. 
And, and I'll, I'll just add that, you know, one neat aspect of, of these collections is that um, some of these documents tell, you know, they make a, a positive argument, um, but others merely show. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, there's one document, which is a passenger manifest for a, a, a ship coming from England to America in the 17th century, you know, which lists the, the passengers on board and identifies them by place of origin and occupation. I mean, that's fascinating. You know, trying to figure out what that means or um, for our, our topic on the uh, the transition from resistance to British authority to the American Revolution. Um, we have a number of, of toasts that were delivered at patriotic dinners. Um, you know, so for students to read these toasts and try to figure out exactly what were the, what points were these people trying to make, um, I think that that engages them um, on two different levels that I think are both really important. What did you learn from being a part of this? Well, one thing I learned, uh, not to sort of butter you up, was just how uh, amazing a, a partner teachingamericanhistory.org and, and Ashbrook uh, are. I mean, David and Sarah were fantastic throughout this process. And not only did they work hard on this, they worked really, really quickly on this. And we had a tight turnaround, um, and they made it happen. So it was really um, you know, just, just fantastic. And I've, I've uh, always had a lot of respect um, for Ashbrook, um, but, uh, you know, I have even more now. Yeah, I mean, this is, um, this is one of those projects where you know, they can't be done unless they're in collaboration with a great team. It's just not possible. Um, and, you know, with my career in the Army, I'm used to working in teams, uh, but, uh, but usually I'm in charge of them. Uh, and, uh, and, and I wasn't in charge here at all. Instead, I was just a member of the team and, and I'm not even sure how consequential I really was to it, uh, that most of the work was being done and I was just having the pleasure of looking at what, uh, what was being put before me to take a look at. And, and every time it was, wow, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought we could go that far into this topic. Um, or why I hadn't thought about, you know, this perspective or this idea to engage the students. So, you know, most importantly, I, I learned how important it was to work with the right people on a project like this. Sure. Well, thank you both for, uh, for joining me this afternoon. I really appreciate your input, and I hope that this is, I'm sure that this is going to be really helpful to teachers, primarily our, our high school teacher audience, as they learn about these different volumes and think about how they're going to be able to use them in their classrooms. Uh, so thank you, gentlemen. So much for your work. Thank you for your continued work at West Point, and good luck next year as you uh, roll these documents out into your classrooms. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Finally, if you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, if you'd take the time to give us a five-star rating and some other feedback on iTunes, that would help us show up in people's search results and would uh, help us spread the word about our content, our resources, and our programs. Thank you for listening to another TAH.org podcast. You can find archives of all our previous programs, as well as information about future programs, at TAH.org webinars, or on iTunes by searching for teachingamericanhistory.org.